Before we start this episode of the Is A Hurt podcast, I wanted to address the Christian Eriksen situation. As you may know, uh, yesterday in the Denmark-Finland game, Christian Eriksen collapsed uh, during about 40 minutes into the game. We understand that he needed CPR to be revived. Uh, he was surrounded by the Danish players at the time. He was then taken to hospital and is now reported to be in a stable condition, which is a very good news to hear. Obviously, it was a very scary situation, and we've had similar situations in football before where this has happened. Sometimes it does end up with, you know, the worst that could happen, obviously, would be a player dying on the pitch. And luckily, that didn't happen to Christian. Full credit to the Danish players for what they did and how they handled it. And the fact that they had to go out later in the night to finish the game was asking an awful lot of them. And to be honest, I think they shouldn't have had to do that. But uh, full credit for how they've acted. And I just wish Christian Eriksen all the best because you'd never want that to happen to anyone, let alone a football player. And it does maybe put into perspective that there are bigger things in life than football. And this whole thing called life can be taken from us so quickly if they're not careful. Um, so I hope he gets better. Um, we're all rooting for Denmark now, I think, secretly. So I just thought I should address that, and I really hope that Christian Eriksen is okay and does get better, and hopefully there's brighter days for him ahead. So welcome to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast with me, Richard Carey, and we've just got through a couple of days of the tournament, and we've had our first England game, Croatia versus England. I will be recapping that, along with Wales versus Switzerland and all the other games so far. Let's start by having a look at the results. In Group A, Turkey 0, Italy 3, Wales 1, Switzerland 1. In Group B, Denmark 0, Finland 1, Belgium 3, Russia 0. In Group C, Austria 3, Macedonia 1, the Netherlands 3, Ukraine 2. And in Group D, England 1, Croatia 0. Decent looking ball for Phillips. Got past 1, then 2, then plays it into Sterling! That will do nicely! Raheem Sterling's first major tournament goal. So we start with England versus Croatia. Obviously, this match taking place at Wembley. England were on home soil and trying to get a little bit of revenge for the 2018 World Cup semi-final. I've got to be honest, the match went relatively smoothly. England did dominate the game, particularly in the first half of good runs. It was a good chance from Foden where he hit the post. Also, Calvin Phillips had a shot on target. He had a really good game, actually. After that, things got a little bit more sticky for England. It looked a few times they might be troubled. Mings at the back was quite composed throughout. But we got the breakthrough with a free ball from Phillips to Sterling to make it 1-0. And it's Sterling's first goal in a major international tournament. So the game ended 1-0 and it's the first time that England have won their opening match at the Euros in history. So I think England were quite impressive initially. Um, you know, I really thought there was a couple of star players. I mean, Calvin Phillips probably has cemented himself 
in the actual team now from that performance. Really good stuff. Obviously set up the goal, had a really good chance in the first half, kind of dominated things in midfield. Um, Mings was very good at the back as well. And if, if he does continue to play that well, I would say don't sub in Maguire until that becomes a problem. Like you don't want to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the, that's the old saying. Kudos to Raheem Sterling, who's had quite a lot of trouble at uh, you know international tournaments and has taken quite a bit of stick for that. Uh, but he, he did score the goal and all credit to him. Harry Kane didn't had a bit of a frustrating game, did hit the post, uh, literally at one point, because uh, he actually hit the post and he got winded in the process. That was his closest chance of scoring. was kind of a, a frustrating day at the office for Harry Kane. Kieran Trippier was actually playing at left back in this game. Obviously, he's a predominantly right footer, but he did work quite well. I think he had a really decent game. A couple of really good throw-ins and good through balls. Kyle Walker was a little bit dodgy at right back, but just about got away with it at the end of the day. Foden looked impressive. Doesn't look like there's a lot of weak points. I would say the only weakness would be about this England this this England performance was that he didn't score more than one goal. I think they probably should have won at least 2-0, and they didn't. Croatia didn't really trouble us till the second half and more towards the end of the game. Uh, that really, I think this game was kind of boring, to be honest with you. And it's not actually a lot to talk about, to be honest. I think it's probably a good thing that England haven't peaked to this stage, but have actually got a win. It's a, it's a good start, at the best start you can have to a tournament. But it doesn't really feel like England are the standout so far. I think the big game, obviously, will be the Scotland game, which comes up on Friday. So that's going to be really sort of barometer of where England perhaps are going to end up in this tournament I would suspect getting to win the first time out that's always important I've got to say with Croatia I thought Luka Modric was a bit disappointing in this match he wasn't really in it at all actually they didn't really have a lot of a lot of chances I think they had one or two shots on target the whole game so not really as much of a threat as perhaps we thought they were and not looking like the side that got to the final of the World Cup so what are your thoughts on the England game? You can tweet us at YOH Euros. And speaking of Twitter, I asked you for your Dream 11. This is where every episode we're going to ask you to come up with your own football team from different worlds. And on this occasion, we look for your Dream 11 of pro wrestlers. Yes, the 11 pro wrestlers you'd like to line up in a football team. So Jessica Jack said, The ultimate warrior is so far on the right wing he's running up the stadium car park well i think that might be correct about his political leanings let's just say that so ben emerson's got in touch he's got a whole team here but in center mid he's got harlem heat i, I could just imagine like booker t setting up a goal or scoring a goal and then doing a spinner rooney celebration that's what we really want to see main event candles says uh, kenny omega as a sweeper keeper I like that a uh, left back the southpaw willie regal obviously left-handed always happens right back as the right back i see what you did there axe and smash demolition as uh center backs and triple h as the water carrier we just spit it all out you don't you don't really want water after it's spit out uh colin middleton says kurt angle in midfield probably a good shout i think a nice defensive midfielder kurt angle you know bossing the game Sean Michaels right back. I'd probably put him higher up the pitch, per, per, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Brock Lesnar as a centre-back. I think Brock perhaps in goal, because you know you want someone who's undefeated in goal, if you know what I mean. 
and Noah Leverhead went for Undertaker and Kane at centre-back, which I definitely agree with, you know. The two big men at the back and absolutely scaring the crap out of the opposition. Let's just say that. So thank you for your teams. That's really uh, interesting. Next time on the Dream 11, we're looking for your Dream 11 of pop musicians. So anyone from the world of pop music, you can put in a Dream 11. You can tweet your teams to at YOHEroes with the hashtag Dream 11. Alrighty then, let's have a look at some of the other games. I wanted to start with the Wales game against Switzerland. I've got to be honest, didn't actually see this game live, but Switzerland did dominate the game. I think the possession stats were in the 60s. And they took the lead with a goal from Mbolo in the second half. Wales equalised with a goal from Kiefer Moore from a header. Uh, not to be confused with another Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Wales not looking great in this match, to be honest. Kind of hanging on. I think Robbie Savage was telling them to commit more fouls. I'm sure it's great advice. To be honest, I think Wales would take the point against Switzerland. And they could perhaps get through with three draws in this group. Although it's probably an ugly way to get through. But they don't look quite as good as last time. But maybe with a bit of time they'll get better. They probably didn't deserve the draw, but they got it. So that's the main thing. Off the mark with a point is better than nothing. So also in Group A, it was Turkey versus Italy. After a bit of a cagey first half, Italy took the lead with a demural own goal. Uh, then a Mobley followed up on the 66th minute with Insigne scoring on the 79th minute for a comfortable 3-0 win. i got to say the Italians look very impressive, passing the ball round. Insigne seems to be a particular key player for them. Uh, Mancini seems to have them really well drilled and their undefeated streak gets a little bit longer. I've got to say they remind me a little bit of the German side from 2014, sort of 2012 sort of area where they're really on form. The question is whether they'll be able to keep it up for the whole tournament because you can kind of see there's a risk of peaking too soon or being not playing as well when you get to those latter stages against the diff- more difficult teams. But I've got to say, Italy really set their stall out in this competition in that first game and they they look like they're out to win this thing. And I've got to say, their, their hopes, in my opinion, their hopes have gone up and I think they're more likely contenders right now after that game. I mean, Turkey were quite well tipped to do something in this tournament. They'll probably do better in their other two games. Well, it was a bit disappointing for them to lose 3-0 in their opener. Obviously, it doesn't help the goal difference when it comes to the end because that could be all crucial if we get to the third place and they have to decide which are the top four. Let's just say that. Group B obviously had the Denmark-Finland game. We've obviously touched on the Christian Eriksen stuff earlier. Uh, the game started at 5pm and then was abandoned uh, just before half, five minutes before half-time. It resumed at 7.30pm where they had the last five minutes of the first half, followed by a five-minute break and in the second half. Finland took the lead with a 
Bojan Palo goal on the 60th minute. It was a bit of sloppy keeping by Kasper Schmeichel on that stage. Denmark had a penalty, but they missed it, and the game ended Denmark nil, Finland won. Obviously, this game is all going to be about what happened to Christian Eriksen. Really uh, difficult situation for the Danish to even go out there, and you can kind of uh, give Kasper a little bit of uh, sympathy for the goal because obviously he had other things on his mind, and I don't blame him. There's been a little bit of uh, criticism at UEFA for not giving Denmark more options about when they could play this game. I think they were given two options. Either they could play it, they could resume it later on of the night, the same night, or they could play it the next day. And there's been a lot of talk about who gave the green light for them to play. Did the players themselves decide to play? Was it Ericsson himself who said they should play on? But either way, it doesn't seem like the best idea. Whether they could have just taken a draw for both teams, wouldn't that would have that been the best option here? I can I can understand it's difficult to reschedule games in a tournament that's quite busy like this one. You know, you've got you've got games every single day, um, and obviously they have to have that they have to have played before the last game. Otherwise, you cause a bit of an issue where you know one one team plays their last game at a different time you get that austria germany thing from 82 again i think it was 82 anyway i feel bad for the danish to have to go through and complete the game when really that shouldn't have happened i mean obviously it's a big win for finland but it's been completely overshadowed by chris the what's happened to christian eriksson you know it's finland's first uh tournament and their first victory in a tournament and obviously it will help them going forward, but um, it does feel like it's a, I don't, know, I don't say tainted victory, but I'd certainly say it's been overshadowed. Oh, it might come through to Lukaku, does. He's not going to miss opportunities like that. The Russians have their hands in the air. Our other Group B game was Belgium versus Russia. Belgium took the lead with a Lukaku goal in the 10th minute. Romelu paid tribute to his teammate Christian Eriksen with his celebration. Minoue scored on the 34th minute. He also set up the third goal for Lukaku on the 88th minute. Belgium dominated this game. Russia didn't look at the races at all. Uh, good start for the Belgians. At, and obviously they are one of the favourites to win this tournament. Um, it obviously depends on how they go on. And Lukaku... A brace, a two goals on his first game, sets himself up nicely to try and win the golden boot. Obviously, Belgium will need to get through quite a few stages in order for him to get there. And probably look, looking better chances than Harry Kane at the moment of doing that. I mean, well done if you've got Lukaku in your fantasy football team. That's all I say. Comfortable game for Belgium. You'd expect them to have a few more difficult games as they go through this group, but probably they're going to cruise through, to be honest, and it's going to be in the knockout stages that they're going to be challenged. Yarmolenko! He can do that! He can do that! Set up by Jurenchuk, he just couldn't resist. And that swerving, searing shot from the Ukrainian captain has halved the deficit. And they're back in business. Well, Group C proved to be a bit of a sleeper group as the Netherlands faced Ukraine. It was nil-nil at half-time, but it all kicked off in the second half. Wijnaldum scored to put Netherlands up on the 52nd minute. Feghorst doubled their lead on the 58th minute in a goal that did go to VAR but was allowed. 
But then Ukraine came back out of nowhere. Yarmolenko with a screamer on the 75th minute, curling it in with his left foot. And Yarmachuk on the 79th minute got a header to make it 2-2. But in the 85th minute, Dumfries scored his first ever goal for the Netherlands to put them 3-2 in the lead. And that's how it ended. There's really no doubt about it. This was absolutely fantastic stuff. What can you say about this match? Like everything happened. It was an absolute thriller. It was the best game of the tournament. You had, um, even in the first half when it was nil-nil, there was lots of great chances. It was a lot of fun. And I really think I've underestimated Ukraine in this tournament because I didn't really think they were going to do anything. And actually, they looked pretty damn decent on this uh, night. And I think... They'd be very unlucky not to qualify, even though they have lost this game. I think they've definitely got enough quality to do so. Um, it does seem like Group C is a bit of a sleeper. Never really thought much about this group. Thought it was going to be a bit dull. It actually turns out to be very exciting indeed. Ukraine were playing really well in the first half, then sort of dropped off in the second half. But then out of nowhere, came back for like 10 minutes where they got those two goals back. Like Absolutely pulled out the bag. I think the Dutch on the balance of play just about deserved to win. They did have more possession, more shots and more shots on target. Obviously, they've got problems at the back because they let two in. And uh, they really, you know, when they let Yarmolenko have a shot from long distance when they probably could have closed him down a little bit better. It's quite funny, actually, for the first goal, um, I was watching ITV and Clive Tilsley was going, banging on about England and then <laughs> the Netherlands scores like, shut up about England, Clive. The Netherlands are scoring. And yeah, just such an exciting game to watch. You know, now I feel like the tournament started proper after that game. And it's kind of funny that on this day where you got the England match, the England match was the most boring match out of the three of the, on a Sunday. So let's talk about that Group C match between Austria and Macedonia. Things started well with Austria as Liner put them in the lead and the 18th minute. But after a complete blunder in the Austrian defence... Pandev, the 37-year-old who was talked out of retirement by his manager, got the equaliser for North Macedonia. That's the worst thing to happen to someone called Backman since Backman and Robin. He does sound a bit like Batman, Backman. Um, but two substitutes got Austria the lead. Gregosic on the 78th minute after a brilliant ball in by Alaba put Austria in front. And then Arnautovic went round the keeper on the 89th minute to put it to bed. Ended Austria 3, North Macedonia 1. It does beg the question why Gregosic and Arnautovic weren't playing from the start. But this was a great game. Lots of like funny bits as well. Like Sometimes when you see two, I suppose, lesser teams, you think you're going to get a worse game. But this definitely wasn't the case. I felt North Macedonia were a little bit unlucky. They sort of dropped off at the end there. They kind of ran out of juice, I think. It's Austria's first win at the Euros. And I did have a thing about, you know, you might have listened to my preview show where I was a little bit annoyed that Austria weren't very good last time. Maybe it's a time this time. That's a good start, obviously. It's going to be quite an easy tournament. All they're going to have to really do is draw against Ukraine and they're probably going to get through this group. So... Very good start for Austria. Their chances of qualifying had never been higher, let's just say that. What was quite good about this match, there was kind of a mix of open play and just moments of absolute quality and also feel-good moments like Pandev scoring that goal. You know, he like debuted 20 years ago, never played in a major tournament, then makes his debut in a major tournament and actually scores the goal. That's a, just a great story. And 
I don't think North Macedonia are really expecting much from this, but they gave it a good go this time. You never know. They might pick up something against Ukraine. You never know. Thank you for listening to Years of Hurt, a Euro 2020 podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at YOHEuros. Next time, we'll be looking at Scotland's first game in the tournament. Until then, I say goodbye. Goodbye.